ultimately every soul, the real lessons that every soul is learning and trying to express without prejudice is the concept of love and forgiveness. friends and welcome to another podcast of Let Spirit Speak. It's Alan Holmes and I'm hoping you are well today. A subject that's come up often when I've been doing readings and just in conversation with people is karma and the concept of karma. And it's an odd one in a way because No one, I believe, really has the full answer. But we do know some things, certainly. And again, I can only talk from my experience. So if you've had certain experiences, then you must incorporate those, I hope, into what I am about to say and share. We have a thought, we have many thoughts concerning karma. One of them is that people have said to me, well, when we cross over, everything that was negative falls away and we are pure and whole. And when we come back, none of that matters. And and of course, that's very far from, from the truth. Think about just your life in general. We have patterns of behavior that we create, that we fall into. Some of those patterns could be left over from a previous lifetime that we're following. Others could be new ones that we're establishing or coming in contact with. And of course, I don't mean a pattern of habit that lasts six months or maybe a year and a half or for a shorter period of time. Those those will work through those and shall we say, experience and move on from them. They don't hang on us. They don't hang within us. They don't sit within our soul the same way. But if we have a lifetime or a few lifetimes of a particular pattern, it takes great realization and incredible willpower to break those patterns and to have done with them. So let's say, unfortunately, you had a life where you were quite a thief or just did very nasty things, behaviors. When when we cross over, we have our life review, which we know. We go through those experiences and we will have a time in the spirit world where we do learn, grow, evolve to a degree. But when we come back and we will, When we come back into this life, into a new physical experience, vibrational patterns follow us because we must work them out here through realization. And there could be several ways we do this. Mostly it's through our own pain and suffering until we realize that we are, for the most part, not fully, but for the most part, the architect of 
of our daily experiences. And people say, well, where is God in all of this? Well, the, the gift, unfortunately and fortunately, of free will, free choice, and free decision, of course, is the reason. Without that, we more or less would come in to a physical form, a physical life. We'd be put on a track. We would run that track and leave. There'd be no diversions, deviations, everything would be set. And for most people, most souls in physical form, having their experience, that's just not the case. There may be certain themes and experiences that we are having that we that will continue to crop up, shall we say, or lead us in a certain direction. Maybe yours might be music. Maybe it's art. Maybe it's sports, athletics, something. But it, it plays the main role. But let's say your life is such that it doesn't, it's not a daily occurrence. But you have moments where your obvious strength is showing. An obvious gift. That overriding experience is a good portion of what your soul came to experience and to express. But not everything can be put into the karmic book, into the records of your soul as a check mark for the good and a check mark for the bad. As I said earlier, there are just certain experiences that happen for short periods of time, and we may learn something from them. But a reoccurrent habit or behavior, what we call addiction, is a deeper process of the soul. And most souls, to a degree, carry this, partially because of the physical nature. Our bodies, our minds, the way our physical brains and bodies work are geared to, to build habits, sameness, so that we can deal with a pattern of a life every day. It makes more sense if we, if we have that. That's why people, you know, write the books about positive habit forms and um, how to be successful. And, you know, if, if you're a classical musician, you're, you're going to be sitting on a piano seven, eight hours a day if you're a pianist and you're trying to be a concert pianist. It's not going to happen in seven minutes once a week. It's just not, I don't care how much talent you have. And the same is true about negative habits. And negative habits are always harder to, to control because usually they're based more in our physical, emotional needs. That and, and we can say trauma and pain and suffering have caused a lot of that. And, and coming into a life with a difficult karmic pattern to, to work out doesn't mean that, that others around aren't going to be compassionate or understanding or that there shouldn't be help. But we have to, at some point, realize that it really is up to us, the individual, to do what we can to change. And it can take lifetimes. Doesn't always have to. 
but it can. You know, it kind of brings up the, the, the subject of, if you, if you want to go that far, the idea of people coming into a body, let's say, let's say you've, you've had a hundred lifetimes of being female and then suddenly you want to be male. Well, your soul, even in the body, is going to have the memories and sensations and, and probably responses in the way you look at the world more as a female, just the same as you if you had been male for a hundred lifetimes in a row and then suddenly you came in to be female. These things are, are, are going, going to have to, to trip you up. And it's not about so much right and wrong as it is understanding the experience that you're having. You know, there's, there's a, a thought in the metaphysical world that every soul will go through every astrological sign, basically going through all the aspects of, of human traits. I'm sure there are many other uh, schools of thought that, that are similar. But ultimately, ultimately, every soul, the real lessons that every soul is learning and trying to express more deeply, widely, without prejudice, you know, is the concept of love and forgiveness. They're really the two. And we can talk about all the minor lessons of patience and responsibility. And, and, and I shouldn't say they're minor, but ultimately those will just be an outpouring of and through the lesson learned of love and forgiveness that you give to yourself, that you give to others, that you hope others give to you. So your attachment then to your children, to your families, to the things in your life, to the habits, good and bad, become less important, less entrenched in your psyche, in your soul psyche. We don't talk about that a lot, do we? The soul psyche. I think we think the psyche is just of, of of the, the condition of the physical mind, but the psyche is really part of the soul, isn't it? Because stored in the soul are, are the memories, are the experiences, not always in exact detail. That's not how it works, at least not while we're in physical form. But the nudgings, the, oh yeah, wait a minute, moments. The, why do I know this so well and I've never studied a moment? Or you have an understanding of certain philosophies that just seem to be a part of you. For me, uh, you know, I, I don't have a great brain, but what I had when I came into this life very quickly aware of was spirit. But also I had a, a certain leaning towards sort of Eastern, more Eastern philosophies. And it wasn't that I wasn't aware of, of other philosophical points of views. But innately, my love for nature, the idea of oneness with nature, wholeness, and through that wholeness with God, as I grew up and started to read and listen, actually listen more than read, I realized that a lot of my soul memory that way was to do with more Eastern philosophical points of views, whether it's Buddhism or, or Taoism. But... Also mixed in it all <laughs> were my experiences 
to do with certain characters or personalities that were known within the Christian world that I had manifestations with, such as St. Nicholas. And in that, I for a while, I found that rather confusing. But of course, as you go along and realize that all of these pathways are leading to the ultimate and the ultimate into the full realization of, of the soul as you are within this physical form, the ultimate of, of divine love that you not only are part of, but when you are in a certain consciousness level, of course, where we get to through prayer and meditation, we express, and it doesn't matter about opinion. It doesn't matter about belief systems because we understand what truly is right and wrong, what is better for us, what is a better behavior pattern than one that is negative for ourselves and others. Because when we're being negative with ourselves, we're probably being negative with others. We're causing, shall we say, a disturbance in the force. And it upsets other people. It's making their life more difficult because we're not being responsible for our own behavior because we're just being negative for the sake of being negative. It's simple and complicated. If we boil it all down to re personal responsibility, but then we have to ask, well, how do we get to that point? Because there has to be a realization that you are personally responsible. And that's a good question. I think, and I know for myself that you get to personal responsibility by really taking on and tackling the fact that all your own good, bad, ugly, and indifference for the most part is your doing, regardless of your parents and your grandmother and your sister and brother and, and all the other relationships, husband, wife, children, whatever. And that. Once we do that, then we, then we begin to think, well, am I personally responsible for most of this? There's no room for blame except on me. And so the first step to deal with your own blame, which is a lot of the times you feel your own inadequacies and maybe shame and all of that, is to start with forgiveness, to forgive yourself, to forgive those around you, to ask for forgiveness from those around you, which we can't always do verbally. So we have to do it in a meditative spiritual consciousness state where between yourself and God, you, you will ask for this. And then there's a rebirth within yourself. And I think maybe we can actually look at that as the, as the concept of the born again. Because then you have a much deeper relationship with yourself and God, whatever you conceive God to be. I mean, definitely God is a consciousness. God is intelligence. God is love. That, that is without doubt. We can have the discussions around is God purely male or female? 
did Jesus come in the, as the full representation of God? I know Jesus to come as a teacher of the divine, of that divine consciousness, in probably a very awakened soul, certainly a, a, what we would consider to be of a, of a mastery level. The Baha'i believe that the soul of Buddha, Krishna, Jesus, and Muhammad were all the same soul, the same master teacher. So there's that to be considered. But you, you in your, shall we say, releasing of your, your karmic self, you must first embrace it all all the good and all the bad that you know you've done. Bring it to the altar of God, however you conceive that, however you, you envision that, or think about it, the, or the intelligence of God, bring it to, to the divine. And then through the willful and powerful act of forgiveness, because you must do it willfully, that is where your willpower must come in, is to forgive yourself, to forgive others, and most importantly, to ask for forgiveness, whether, and I would say from the divine, but also, and most importantly, from those you know you've hurt, and those you know, or those you have hurt, but did so unknowingly and not on purpose, just as important. You see, we have this happen to us when we cross into the light and have our life review. That's what we experience. And the judgment isn't from God, it's from ourselves, towards ourselves. But you see, we're doing that in the moment of releasing ourselves or being released from our physical form. We need, if we're going to progress spiritually, to do it in physical form. That is where we need to do it. Because that means we are completely conscious, fully, 100% understanding of who and what we are, what we've done, and our own soul at that point will feel and tell us if we have fallen short of the mark that we are trying to achieve. And of course, the answer is going to be yes. Everyone that comes back from a near-death experience, and this is, this is where, again, we're near-death experiences, along with our, our own thinking of, of the spirit and life and God, etc., overlap. Everyone that comes back from the spirit world, if they've gone to a certain point where they've met the light and the question is asked, you know, what have you learned? And so often, if not always, the, the answer that comes out of the souls who've had the experience is simply this, I have not learned to love enough. And some of these people were very, thought they were very loving in life. As I sit here and talk to you, as I share with you right now, I feel within myself, I, I haven't loved enough. I want to love more. 
And I do not mean of uh, the physical love and, and, and uh, all that is important, but just the straight out love for everybody. And I have it in my heart, but I bet like you and many other people out there, you're frustrated some days because you can't express it. <laughs> and if you do, people think you've, you've lost your mind. Years ago in Victoria, uh, Vancouver Island, which is just off the west coast of Vancouver, where I live. There were a group of guys. This is, I think, the mid to late 90s. And they started a group, one of the random act of kindness groups. It was marvelous what those, those guys were doing. There's like four or five of them. And they just went around and they were on the news for a while. The, the story got picked up by the the, the, the news and these guys were running around and they'd spend a Saturday or a half a day or whenever they were doing it and just randomly doing these, what we would think crazy acts, but of kindness. And it was so fantastic. I remember sitting there watching it thinking, we all need to be doing this somewhere in our life, just a little bit. And you look around today with... <sighs> God, between, <laughs> okay, fine, the World Economic Forum, I'll say it, COVID, all of that stuff, and I won't get into all of that stuff right now. And boy, do we need that. We need random acts of kindness, and we need them to be on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, everywhere. They need to be on Instagram. Not posing, you know, after your workout in your short shorts or your, you know, skimpy little top and everything else and showing us, you know, how beautiful you are, but doing something meaningful and without, without wanting or seeking recognition. Those are higher processes of thinking. Those are higher expressions of the soul. That's good karma, people. If you want to build good karma, build it there. Find ways to do that. And you don't need to put it on Facebook, although it would be great, although I'm contradicting myself because it would be great to see those things on Facebook and Twitter and, and that. And there, I know there's one or two that, that, that have been out there. But right now, you know, there's a lot of, violence and and spontaneous quite frankly stupidity going on and and the anxiety that people are feeling and the, the the lack of connection with others because you know we're all supposed to be in separate camps now you 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 all have to be you know labeled and and either by skin or or or, or mentality or or political thought whatever it's just it's become ridiculous and quite frankly child childish in ways that I can't even begin to express in a short period of time. And none of that is good. We, as the souls that we know we are, because if you're listening to this, you've been seeking and searching, and maybe something of what I'm saying is gonna make sense. Maybe you think it's gonna be bunk, but we have to rise above that. And the best way to do it is to find ways to give random acts of kindness or kindness in general. And that doesn't mean you have to agree with someone that you don't agree with. That's not what kindness is. 
That's not what compassion is. In fact, compassion is, is probably far more difficult because to be compassionate, you, you have to have discernment. And to discern means that you're not going to like what somebody is doing, but you still have to be find a way to be compassionate. That doesn't mean you have to like them. That doesn't mean you have to give them $5,000. But it means you're going to always deal with them with, with human dignity. And dignity that, that we all deserve to have to some degree. All of us deserve that. Of course, that's been, that, that's, that story now is all about the word respect, which is false. Respect is earned. You don't just get it because you show up. You don't get, you don't get it because you're walking through the mall. Respect is earned and is earned through, through time and through hardship and through people knowing they can trust you, which is not easy to, to do. But compassion is, okay, I see this behavior. I know it's wrong. I know this person is, is, could potentially hurt somebody else, but we're going to find a way to work with this person as compassionately as possible, i.e. we're not going to hurt them more than necessary if we have to even hurt them to stop them. And I'm talking about people who are being violent, obviously. I think people can figure that out. We don't turn our backs on them because we all act out because of something. And we can look at that as being in a, in a karmic pool, part of our karmic working out, learning how to, to manage that. You know, people say control. I don't like the word. You can't, I don't think we control anything within ourselves, but we learn to manage. We must learn ways that we take that extra breath. We count to 10, like our, at least for my generation, our parents and grandparents told us to do, which was a really good way to sort of control yourself before you went to speak or to write something down or say something that you or do that you will regret. And I can tell you from my own experience, when you have that moment where you say the thing that you didn't want to say, and there's no way to take it back. And we all, we've all done that once or twice in a lifetime. It can never be re undone. Now, yes, we can say, well, it's just a lesson. Okay, fair enough, it is. But the pain of that can follow you through a whole life and maybe even a few lifetimes because in your soul, if it's so bad, you're going to want to work it out with that, with that one particular person in a very deep and powerful level. And if that's happened to you, then I would say, don't push that experience away from you. Karmically, wait, the best you can do is to have that experience live within you and daily learn from it so that you don't repeat it with someone else or you repeat it, but in a very mild way because you've learned something. Because it's not always possible to change at the drop of a hat. Most people with addictions can't do it. Most, most people just trying to stop smoking can't do it. Very few can. Those are very unique people. Or they've come to a point where they've had lifetimes where they've tried to break a habit and now they've got the strength to do it. It takes strength to break a habit. It takes strength to, to build good karma. And here's a few more thoughts. 
I think we make a mistake in life because this is where not discernment, but judgment comes in. Discernment and judgment are very two different things. We all know that, or we should. People watch others walking through their life and they say, wow, what an easy life. They've got everything. It's all working out. They must have great karma. Well, maybe they, maybe they, uh, it's a soul that hasn't been around in physical form a lot. So in, in a lifetime, they're able to achieve a lot of different experiences and go very far, let's say, and become a proficient professor, surgeon, musician, whatever it is, and do quite well. That doesn't necessarily say they're an old soul. I'm not saying it doesn't. We, if we have to experience, it means that any soul can rise and fall in any lifetime, regardless of how many positive lives they've had, shall we say, ones where great achievement was made or negative ones. No matter how high a soul is in terms of their spiritual evolution when they come into this life. Every soul can fall and every soul can rise. Never forget that. You know, it goes back to the lesson of humility. And then, of course, it, that is a path to the deeper level of love and forgiveness, isn't it? Because if anyone can fall, it's a great and rise. These are great experiences of humility and achievement. But achievement and personal satisfaction in a, in a, a lifetime can really lead to, to a bit of righteous, almost righteous indignation, or we, we lose compassion for others. We do when, when we've had too much of the good. We need the balance between those two worlds for every soul and every experience. And that is why it is very important to keep in mind, no matter how high a soul is when they come into a life through a design, because they may have designed it before they came back into this life, or through choices that they make that were just presented to them and they, 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 they could have gone one way or the other. It's not written in stone at that point because not everything is for every soul. Some souls it's definitely written in stone. Others it's not. And I think sometimes the ones that are the older souls are often the ones where it's not all written in stone. There's more choice that's given to them in life because the soul is testing itself. And I know that may sound a little bizarre to people, but I have found that with myself. I have really put myself through some serious tests in this life. Some I have failed, some I have passed. But when I'm looking at my life now, I'm thinking, well, I'm like that anyway <laughs> in my daily life. <laughs> I will, I, I, stupid me, I will try and make things more difficult. But I know that going more difficult teaches me more. And I've known that for so long in my life, almost, I think, to the point where I can remember. That doesn't mean I haven't cried out to God and wanted the easier way. Believe me, I've done that enough. But these are things to consider. Because when we're in the point and the place of consideration, we're in a place where there's some humility. 
it allows us to discern, discern ourselves and others. Now, there's a wonderful phrase in Merchant of Venice, Portia's soliloquy about when mercy seasons justice. And to me, every time I hear that, I think, well, that's compassion. That's real compassion because that's compassion with justice or that's that's mercy and justice. And that's what compassion really is. It's a balancing of the two. So my dear friends, on your pathway, try and hold yourself to a high standard, but don't recriminate yourself so much when you don't live up to it. It's all part of the experience. It's, it's, it's our karmic lessons, the working out, the experiences of, of working it out. We, we strive for perfection, but we have to know we're not going to make it. But we have to know that there's always a way to start again. And, and to take examples of the great masters, particularly, I would think Krishna, Buddha, and Jesus, and Muhammad as well, and others that we may never have known that have walked the earth, because there have been many. Take the example from them in terms of the getting up and starting over, trusting that your higher mind, what I like to call your spirit mind, your spirit self, your soul, and the divine mind, the great intelligence, at the end of it all, are working for you and you are working with it to achieve your highest and best good. And we may have moments of it in a lifetime. We may have a lifetime full of our highest and best self-expressing. It's a process and the recognition between being in those high moments and being in the lowest moments help us to build and work through karmic experiences, whether you want to call them karmic debts or karmic shadows, because I think that, that actually describes it fairly well, is all leading us upward, higher, so my dear friends, I hope this long discussion helps a bit. Food for thought, I hope. Thank you for listening. And I hope to talk with you again fairly soon. And I wish you a wonderful day. 